0: And we are live, at least on YouTube, right now at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Mike the Cop YouTube channel. Otherwise, we are not live. If you're listening to us tomorrow while you're uh, (laughs) taking your your morning bowel movement or whatever it is that you're doing in the morning listening to us (laughs) or whatever... (laughs)
1: We'd be, honored, I, we'd be honored. I'd be honored. Uh, I'd be honored. literally anything. I would like you chose to, to to do that.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I'll take what we can get. I'd like to thank Angry Fat Boy seventeen seventy six in the chat, uh, <laughs> as uh, he he said, "You've only got you've got eight people watching and are supposed to start in a few minutes." Sad. I asked him what's sad about that, that there's only eight or that you're one of them. <laughs> he said, if you don't know what's sad about that, I can't help you, son. Sorry. I pr- I promise you I won't be one of them. I'm just checking in to see how stupid you effers are. <laughs> so I My wow. reply is that I, I just love how I, I live absolutely rent-free in his head. That I... I he is he is living such an amazing life that the highlight of his Wednesday is to tune in to a live stream of a person he hates just, just to comment, which only further helps me, the one he hates. <laughs> it cannot possibly do anything negative to me. It only helps. It's amazing. So thank you, fat boy. 7076 <laughs> or whatever you are. Angry. Angry All right. fat boy. We're going to be... We're, we are still, I would say, welcome to the off-the-cuff show. I mean, that's what it's called right now. However, we're still looking for, we're still looking for the right name. We're trying to kind of pin down a little bit about what the show is going to be long term. We've got some cool guests coming up. Um, to name a couple would be Tom DeBlass. I don't know if you know who that is, uh, but he's a very well-known MMA jujitsu guy. Also has a huge anti-bullying campaign that he's launched recently and just an all-around good dude. He wrote a book called um, How You Bear It, Uh, and it talks about the abuse he endured growing up and kind of how that shaped him now and overcoming that and all that stuff. So I I commend that to you ahead of the interview. It'll be a couple weeks, uh, maybe like three. We've got Dr. Mike Simpson coming on. Um, special Forces dude with uh, an ER doc background. After after that, like lots of cool stuff from him. He's he wrote a book called Honed, like uh, some basically about optimal performance for dudes in their forties. So we've got some guests coming up talking about sort of like I don't know issues that are relating to men. And then this week, <laughs> the Bud Light, <laughs> the Bud Light Dylan Mulvaney campaign. <laughs> hit like a firestorm <laughs> it and, really did. Uh, and Arnold Schwarzenegger apologized for saying screw your freedom or whatever he said during covid and it's a lot of a lot of a lot of back and forth on the highway of masculinity and so I wanted to wanted to talk about that tonight with two washed up cops that's 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 our that's our pedigree here um yeah
1: are we having a like an identity crisis do you, do you think or
0: I guess, I mean, I just don't know what to, like, I want to talk about things in culture, right? From our perspective, whatever, whatever in in culture. But I think people need to know why, like, of course, our personalities are what will keep people here. But if they don't know us, it might not get them here, right? So we need to think about the way to get them, which is going to be to have a clear, like, this is what this show is about. I can't say that we're for sure going to have Tulsi Gabbard soon because she's uh, she's agreed that she that she would uh, try to schedule something. But um, so we've got interesting guests that we want to get on, and we want to talk about interesting topics, news related or just topics that we want to talk about. But what do you call that? What is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, we it just can't be a whatever there's a bunch of girls that have the whatever podcast and it's usually like guys giving them pushback on their stupid ideologies. But anyway, uh that's where we're at. So tell us what we should call the show. Tell us more of what you want to hear. Tell us less of what you want to hear. We'd love to hear from you. So drop them in the comments and all that good stuff. If you are just tuning in or you're like, Oh man, these guys are back. I loved when these guys podcasted. Well, we're back. Yeah, we're, we're here. And thanks oh, yeah. for listening. Hit the subscribe on, on the YouTubes. You can follow us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the good stuff. And of course, we're going to be talking about masculinity tonight, which means, uh, oh, Amber says two bald guys, one podcast. I mean, that's a that's an option. (laughs) (laughs) The reason that the underpaid producer is not here today is because obviously everyone knows he doesn't really have much to contribute on
1: the topic. he is doing a photo shoot with Bud Light uh, in sunny San Francisco. That's a, this was a a little behind the the scenes photo shoot
0: (laughs) of the underpaid producer. Somehow, uh, when I wasn't home, he used my couch
1: for the photo shoot. And uh, I can't say that I'm super thrilled about it. If he was doing it right, he would have done uh, from Seinfeld. What did he do? The dude that freaking did that pose. (laughs) Yeah. But he would have had to like actually be in boxers, like, you know, whatever
0: else, besides giving the faux naked (laughs) appearance as he. As yeah. he did here. But yeah, several people in the comments on my Facebook uh, posted the George. <laughs> so
1: good. It's so good. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, again, we, we laugh because, uh, when we were doing, uh, off the cuff a while back, years ago, we didn't know what we had. <clears throat> and that is true. What does make it weird is that, um, we were both cops at the time and, uh, we kind of were just kind of giving our perspective. And it was, one of those things where, we talked about this before, so in the Motor City, uh, you had Drew and Mike, right? And Drew and yeah. Mike was, for for me, a staple. Yeah, uh, me too. In, me too. In, on radio. And uh, they ended up kind of getting ousted uh, and kind of got undercut by another, like, zany freaking radio duo from 89X. And they ended up losing their job. So Drew and Mike, <clears throat> who had been on the radio for in Michigan since <clears throat> I mean it had been I don't know, how many years I mean it was forever a good question and uh they it, what I loved about them was that first yeah, of all they had over a bunch 30 of 30 like, years yeah it was over 30 years it was it was so, so long and then to get like kind of undercut like they did uh, was just a real hard hit I think for a lot of a lot of us like people like like myself' and probably you but the one thing that I always enjoyed about them <clears throat> Is that they didn't mind taking you into their own home in certain ways. Like you knew what was going on in their life, and when that pot or when that the radio show ended, uh, Drew and Mike started a podcast. And shortly after, Mike got uh, was sick. Uh, he had uh, some kind of throat issues or cancer or something like that, and he ended up passing away uh, not too far afterwards. So he started the podcast was on in a small time and then couldn't couldn't continue doing it and it was so weird because i think that was like the because i don't get starstruck i'm not that kind of guy but i gotta tell you i remember when mike passed away it was in the news and dude i was seriously actually bummed like i because you had been on a journey with them like my Mm -hmm. morning home working midnights was a part like they were a part of of my journey home like they helped get me home if that makes sense but it wasn't because they were just funny or whatever. It was because they, they were like two re- regular dudes being idiots, and like I always like looked up just like two I guys was,
0: being dudes. Dude, it was
1: it was fantastic. I I loved it, and so I I feel like we kind of brought an element of that to off the cuff, not on purpose. Um, but I think people knew who we were. They knew who our family was, at least like how we spoke of them, and it's like was that something that people really like there's some people like for the real content go to you know 1538 or whatever I remember (laughs) that but like I I feel like that's part of it like I want you guys if it for you guys to enjoy this show and, and whatever we create as far as a niche or or whatever this is still kind of like to be decided right but you know I hope you guys don't mind getting to know us a little bit better because I feel like it helps everybody with an exchange. If you know where my life is, kind of like where I'm coming from, you don't have to know every freaking intricate detail. It doesn't make sense. And I promise yeah. you guys, I haven't been drinking. But- I think um, for me, I agree.
0: I, I and that's why I said I think that the personality will keep, like, could keep people here for those that like us. Not everybody. We're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. That's fine. We don't make any. This isn't. We 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 aren't doing this podcast with a goal in mind there's no there's no like we want so many listeners we want so many followers we don't even have anything about this on social media really like we're we're just we over the years have come to enjoy so much getting to just hang out this way and smoke and joke so to speak and enjoy it that we didn't want to stop like we just wanted to kind of come back we we missed doing it so we can do it so we don't really have like this goal a lot of times people set out with on a podcast with like man we want to grow this thing so that we can be podcasters right like that's what we want to do it's like well i mean that's not that's not my goal here um, and we've kind
1: of been down that road before right like that yeah way, like, we want to yeah, be podcast podcasters but we you you kind of quickly see the harder you try the less results you're going to see I, yeah we have so- noticed that you know? and
0: i you know can i look back and be like man i, I wish we wouldn't have quit when we did yeah I, I absolutely but at the same time uh thank you ryan abernathy for the super chat it will piss off fat boy 1776 the the thing is is that when we were doing off the cuff before for us it was like sort of like this cathartic thing too where it's like this is even though we're two cops and you know, the Mike, the cop thing was like in full swing then. And right. It was like, we, I had to kind of keep something cop related, you know, there. And we did, I think walk that line pretty well, but you know, part of, part of the draw, if you were, if you were scrolling podcasts or looking for new podcasts, and you were looking for something and you were in law enforcement or are pro law enforcement military kind of a thing. It was still there. It was a very obvious presence. I mean, the logo has us with a cop car on it with like badges, you know, like, yeah, it's got our seventies kind of, you know, theme, late seventies vibe, which is awesome. It's got general mantis on there. You know, it's, it's got a lot of stuff going on. That's awesome. But it's very in your face, like this is cop related in some way. And we're I, I just don't wanna be, even even though I will continue to do things in the law enforcement space, right? As like support law enforcement, communicate about law enforcement, even though I will forever express that piece of myself i don't want this show to be dominated or like front-loaded about like oh this is like a cop podcast yeah. like thats it's not i'm just not wanting that so where this goes i don't know we just need you know you guys that are certainly here in the chat are probably most likely are our, our most loyal listeners over over the years or many of you are and so yeah your feedback is appreciated and
1: we're we'll yeah. be here every Wednesday <laughs> every Wednesday. <laughs> till we yeah, figure this out <laughs> rain snow or yeah it, it I think people don't realize how actually early on after the podcast we stopped doing the podcast the first time and then failure to stop happened and you at, you asked me about like we, was kind of like re kicking off uh, off the cuff and of course I was all in But we both at that time were like, just so you know, I don't want I don't want to talk about cop stuff like that was like (laughs) how early on uh, we've actually had discussed. Yeah. Even when we had discussed bringing back uh, off the cuff 2.0, which was after the first one went in between failure to stop, uh, we actually did some pilots and uh, really kind of just ranted about life in general politics and stuff of that nature we never released them i don't even know if there's like they're in the hidden archives if in they were in the anals be, yeah in the <laughs> but uh but very quickly on we were like i don't want to really want to talk they've about been Costa. stored in a safe place at sarah kelch's house <laughs> very safe <laughs> um but like that was our thing like we didn't want it to get off that however i think that we would be doing Police Law enforcement a disservice if we didn't uh, talk about things every once in a while. And, of course, we do know that. And that's the one thing that we do know is police work. Like, we know the ins and outs of it, how it works, how it, how it often does not work. And so, yes, that content will still be there every once in a while. But it is – sorry started, started burst bubbles. It is certainly not our first instinct to go to <laughs> uh, if we talk about that. But we are two ex-cops. Uh, you know, so we, we will throw that in there, but yeah, we want, we're looking for like, what are some ideas? Like I said, we're we're having like a, we're having an identity, identity crisis and I, I'm not (laughs) sure. I'm not sure where to go or where, where to go from here, but I can tell you that people, I have been very tired lately.
0: If you lived uh, we close, about- we might not even be podcasting. We might just hang out on Wednesdays. It might just be our night. Like we'd just be on the patio doing this just with no
1: audience. <laughs> That's, that is so true because we have done that. <laughs> we haven't especially done that before. Man, everyone's being so kind right now. It's nice. Um, you're going to hear me out of breath. And so we were talking about like letting you into our lives a little bit. Holy mackerel. I've had some health issues lately, and I'm still trying to get a handle on these things. But I have been uh, out of breath lately and tired and things of that nature. And I could like, headache, bloody noses. As you guys well know, actually last was it last week that I had a bloody nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, my blood pressure, I have an issue with my blood pressure. My blood pressure is extremely high, uh, and my hemoglobin levels are what they call critically high. <laughs> <I have> no, <laughs> like to the point where my doctor's like, dude, you. <laughs> what did he say? He's like, if you feel any, signs he gave of you a stroke. He gave you a. You call nine one one immediately. Like, put it on yeah, your yeah. neck
0: with only nine one one. There's there's just one button.
1: That's what it. That's what it felt like. So I looked up this hemoglobin level, and I'm like, okay, because like the average is like I think fifteen to sixteen or fourteen to seventeen, something like that. Well, I'm at a nineteen point eight. Now, to, to give you an understanding of what that means, because I had no idea. I'm like, yeah, it's just two points off. Well, apparently that's like in like heart attack land and things and of dog that ears. nature. Yeah, for <laughs> for no reason. Like, so I don't know why I've been feeling this way. We're trying to get a handle on it, and uh, but man, I I just I haven't really been able to work out or anything else. And literally, just talking like makes me tired. My breath. I'm like, ah, going So you're gonna hear me heavy breathing. It's not because I'm being uh, frisky and sexual mm-hmm. uh, but, until I say that it is, and you'll know uh, the difference.
0: Is it is it too personal of a question? To ask if you if you got the jab?
1: Yeah, no, I was okay. So I was, uh, I yeah, I did. Um, but that was f- when it first came out, like a couple, like how many months after? I, I don't, you know, it's like everything blurs during that time period, right? Because that was what twenty mm-hmm. twenty. Yeah. Uh, so I probably got it, and I did get it. I remember it being a little bit cold. Maybe it was. I, I really don't remember, but yes, I did get. I got vax- vaccinated, I got both shots for, um, it wasn't Pfizer, it was the other one. Erna, And At the uh, two, I think. Yeah, and I'd never actually had any other issues. Matter of fact, I've had COVID twice, both times, um, except for, and I'll explain, but both times I was asymptomatic. Uh, the reason I knew, uh, besides I say symptom asymptomatic, I lost my smell and taste the first time, right? Mm-hmm. That was how I knew that I had it. Um, gave it to my whole, whole family, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> gave it to my 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 dad, his his wife, I, everybody, everybody that shouldn't have had like been dogs sick, got it. Like, you cr- you yeah. cross, oh, yeah.
0: you, you know, a new breed. It, there was it, like it a
1: a line of ants walking across the sidewalk. I coughed on them. They st- they all started dying immediately. Yeah, tactical uh, said he
0: got <laughs> he got the
1: him and his dad got the. Oh he said Medina
0: but yeah Moderna one. Yeah. Uh that's that's the one that I ended up getting well after um w- like well into 2022 like it was a while. Oh, really? I
1: I held out a long. I already had covid. What was the reason I had really you... bad. Oh cuz you got it bad or is that what you t- I got covid to... really
0: bad but that's not why I did it. Um I just been waiting, right? Like I just I was not comfortable. I talked to I talked. I'm, I'm privileged to know doctors, right? Like, yeah. I, I could, I literally could have a conversation with and, and ask questions. And they're just early on, like when, when the, when the vax became like a thing, I was just color me, um, conspiracist, if you will. I just, I'm very distrusting of early. things like that in the history of how long it takes to actually know and understand what's going to happen. And we, if it's brand new, we, we absolutely have no clue what the 20 year timeline is the 30 year, like what long-term effects may or may not come from this. We don't know. Right. So like, I'm like, I'm not sure I want to be a test dummy. And there was just so much conflicting information out there. Um, I just kind of stayed in touch with the right people and I finally was sort of like persuaded by someone that I would say like is just smarter than me about such matters Um, that I, my, for me at my age, the risk category of getting, getting COVID again and having more severe reaction and complications due to COVID was higher than the risk of getting the Moderna one. Now Pfizer is a different, I don't, I, I didn't, I wasn't convinced by the Pfizer data Moderna. I I felt like had a better product compared comparatively. And again, I was, I was on the receiving end of most of this information in conversation, not, not, I'm not an analyst by any stretch of the imagination. So um, then I talked to uh, a doctor again about it after this friend that I considered smart uh, on such matters and had done a lot of research on it um, and decided to go ahead and get the Moderna. But I have gotten that same doctor that was kind of like the final advice giver to me about that. That same doctor also said would not get the boosters. Um, so I haven't, I haven't been boosted or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I did, I did get the Moderna. I was very, very hesitant. I held out for, I mean, what, almost two years of COVID being yeah. on the planet, you know, we more <laughs> till I said like, all right, right. Like I'm the guy that was like faking vaccine documentation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was like, nah, I'm good. Right. Cause I, I'll get the natural immunity and that, that'll do me just fine. But uh, anyway, I don't want to just talk about vaccines or whatever, but no, I was just, I, I, I was just curious. And I, it, it's kind of yeah. sad that we live in that world now where it's like, every time somebody dies, now we're like, well, did they get like,
1: wh-? right, right. And that
0: comes from how contested this whole thing was. And, you know, some sometimes it's a perception thing, too. And that's where like. All these people just dropping dead. Well, people have been dropping dead since human history. So I don't know that that's like a a, per se a higher rate because statistics can be skewed, of course. But it's like the train derailment thing. It's like, oh my gosh, how is this all happening? Guys, we have 1,500 train derailments per year. Like we have (laughs) two or three a day. And it's been that way. Our infrastructure with trains sucks. So that's just the way it is like it just ha- it just happened to have bad chemicals on it in Palestine,
1: Ohio or whatever you know what I'm saying like yeah I, I agree I I so when I I do remember now I ended up getting my vaccines after I got COVID the first time because I got COVID in November <clears throat> just in time for Thanksgiving just to in, in time to not enjoy Thanksgiving I should say um, and then I ended up getting the Moderna a couple months later, I think that it was, or something to that extent. I think it was in the spring of 2001. Uh, and then. But Joyce, she got very sick. So when I... Uh, I was trying to kill her, but she actually was able to withstand. And so... It, resilient um, lady. I know. Believe me, I know. She was sick for 12 days. <clears throat> 12 days. She couldn't get out of bed. And so I... Uh, matter of fact, she actually passed out a couple times. It's called 911. Like, it was pretty bad. And uh, so... She, she didn't want to go to the, to the hospital remember nobody could even go to the hospital you're on your own <clears throat> and so but one day <laughs> she's laying in bed and I'm like god damn she's been in bed all day like this is just how it is for days on end so um I I said hey hon you want to um can I what can I get you to eat and she said i'm 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 too tired to eat and I thought right away I thought that is an odd response <clears throat> right like you tell me you're not hungry. You tell me my, my tummy's not good or I feel like throwing up. But when you say I'm too tired to eat, that's just it it came off wrong and it, it it's something was, wasn't was right. So I ran over to the CVS and I got a blood oxygen level uh, reader like that fits on the finger. Mm-hmm. Dude, her blood oxygen was at like 84. That's not like great. Dude, it's it needs to be at, at the at the very least minimum ninety six or ninety seven. It was at eighty four. I'm like, we, we got to take you to the hospital right now, and so they did. Uh, so so I did try to kill her, but then I ended up saving her life. You would think she'd be a little bit more pleasant, but no, nothing, <laughs> nothing's but, really changed in the end. Yeah, huh? yeah, nothing. So anyway, skip forward. I got my, I did get my my Moderna, um, and I ended up getting it again, like last last July, COVID, but I didn't know I had it. It mm-hmm. was because Joyce wasn't feeling well, not horrible, but went to the doctor for like, you know, antibiotics or whatever. And they're like, "Yeah, oh, let's do Should we do a COVID test? So, okay. takes COVID test. She's positive. I'm like, son of a bitch. Really? So I was like, no, I have to get to cause our company still has these policies in line for some damn reason. And I could positive too. I'm like, huh, all right. I mean, I felt completely fine. They allowed me to work from home, which I was, I was happy for, which I also laughed about. Cause I'm thinking this is the dumbest, like working from home might work for some people it, in certain positions. It, it does not work for my position. How am I supposed to <laughs> properly pre a, a parking lot on a scanner? You know what I mean? Like I, I need to be there to be able to enforce laws, you know, but whatever, I guess as a pre-responder, it's just not it's not easy. But so let's skip to this. So but anyway, so I, I, I'm not feeling well and uh, bloody nose is everything. And, and remember, I was, I was saying like in jujitsu, I was having a hard time, almost like I was having a panic attack. Well, it turns out it's been my, my blood pressure. My blood pressure has been like ridiculous. It's anywhere between 135 and 145 over 90. Turns out you were trying to choke to yourself out or yeah. stroke yourself it's, out. Dude, you know, and my blood oxygen has been down, even down to 91. Like, it's just, I haven't been feeling well. So they, t- okay, stop doing this, stop doing that. We'll te- retest you in a couple of weeks. So in a week, I go back to kind of see like, what's, why is this happening? You know, where are we going? Um, and so I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better today than I have been, but my, my, all my, like my blood pressure is the same, my blood oxygen is the same, which is around 95, 94, um, which isn't great, but it's not like, oh my God, get into the hospital. So hopefully my hemoglobin stuff goes down. We'll see. I will keep everybody updated. So it's just ridiculous, man. Yeah, but I, I did get the, t- I did get the, the boosters or not the boosters, but the vaccines. But I felt fine for t- how many years, it's for two years. I haven't had any issues with lungs or breathing or anything until just recently. So I'm, I'm not sure what's going on.
0: We'll figure it yeah. out. Yeah. I think, I think that's what I was dealing with. It's like five or six weeks ago, maybe now. I think I had COVID again. Cause it was just the way that I was out of breath, more out of breath when I was doing nothing, you know, like, yeah. And just, uh, I don't know. I, I had something going on, but when I went to the, when I went to the doctor, they're like, we could test you for COVID, but what's that going to do? And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the point we've come to. Right. You, no, <laughs> like, exactly. Nobody yeah. cares now. Right. Yeah. Like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess you're right. And it's not like there's a certain medicine that they have. That's like, Oh, you got COVID here to take this. Like, it's really not like that. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Yeah. All right, um, let's uh, let's let's dive into the let's dive into the talk about masculinity. I don't know, I don't. I'm I'm kind of like not even really sure where I want where I, I want to go with that. Other than like, I don't like men's no more. I don't like men's no more. I like <laughs> women. Women, 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 women. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a real man right there for you. Yeah, I'll man. tell you that. You can take that yes. to the bank. <laughs> Well, go ahead. Okay, so start it off. Well, then I, I, mean, I guess in, it's not an in easy my head, thing, that's
0: that's. I guess what brought it, what brought the topic to my mind. I mean, I think about that's this topic fairly regularly anyway, but with with this whole Bud Light thing and this Dylan Mulvaney campaign and and the the female head of Budweiser, right? The Anheuser Busch owns; it's the parent company for several companies, but she was she said she wanted to move it from fratty to inclusive and you couldn't be more tone deaf on who your audience is um, in this. case, So weird. So, so weird to me. Very odd there. I, when I first saw this thing, I thought this was like, did he just did Dylan Mulvaney just make these cans himself? And yeah, then like the same get in the bathtub and do this freaking weird stuff. And I'll tell you right I, again, I've been trying guys really hard when I'm not trying to make a case for something. I'm just putting my cards out on the table. Dylan Mulvaney is a complete idiot. Um, he's, he needs help. Uh, he, I, I, I would hazard to guess he's been abused. Um, I, I think he's probably suicidal. He does weird things. He dresses up like small girls. Um, and it's very really? weird. It's very awkward. It's oh, very man. disgusting. He needs help. Um, but I saw this clip. Uh, shoot, probably it was in our group chat or something. <laughs> like, probably I <laughs> came. I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, what? Uh, and I just, I couldn't believe. Not that I'm not. I'm not even a Bud Light guy or anything like that. I'm not. I don't have an Anheuser Bush flag or a hat or anything like. That. I'm not like. It's not my thing. But. <laughs> It's just like when you think of Anheuser-Busch, you, when you think of Anheuser-Busch, you think of the Clydesdales and football and right. America. You know, like, that's right. And then here is this mentally unstable guy pretending to be a girl that has a tampon brand deal <laughs> and, and, that dresses up like small girls. It's a mo- well, it's a mockery of women. I don't I don't want to go down like that road. We talked no, about we can. No, I but, but we it's can it's just a mockery because... of it is a it's a mockery of, of women. I don't I don't know that there's a similar mockery of masculinity, except you know what I do think there is. I I, I do think that there is a a false portrayal of masculinity and culture and i think it's coming from the daily wire i actually Mm -hmm. think that the jeremy's razors and the and the jeremy's chocolates i think that's a i think that's a false portrayal of what real masculinity is because then you're just doing the caricature like dylan mulvaney is being a caricature of what he perceives a woman to be oh oh yeah so point. with the, with the masculinity side of things, the Jeremy's razors, they, they're just taking us from 2023 to 1950, right? Where it's the pinup girl, like guys have the pinup girls around them or their calendars, you know, and um, they wear high-waisted pants and they, you know, if they do these masculine things like muscle cars and whatever, like, it's like, okay, but is that is it is that the essence of manhood, right? Like, is that how we battle? Is that how we battle an ideology? Is by just replacing it with another caricature of gender? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's where they they lose me a little bit about. So I think on some level, there's not a lot of chicks pretending to be dudes that capture a lot of guys' attention and as a role model for men. So I can't imagine these guys becoming women are. A, by most women being treated like a role model. But anyway, the whole thing got me thinking about the state of masculinity, real masculinity in our culture, and maybe that's a good smart part to a spot to start. What where did you learn masculinity? What did you learn being masculine was? When did you what what's your earliest memories of maybe piecing together this is what a man about
1: i think to to my uh detriment uh and i i said this when my when my daughter got married i I did this the speech was essentially um my idea of a man was the the father who works so hard that he can't even see his family and um, to me, that was always an idea because, I mean, when we're little, we always look up to our parents. Right. So I clearly always looked up to my father um, and there is a, I know there can be a fine line between kind of fearing and loving also because I did fear my father in in, in certain ways. Um, but that was my I think that would be like my first like idea of what masculinity was. <clears throat> my dad comes home. Um, uh, and I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not gonna, cause I've talked about my dad before. I mean, we get along, everything's is great, but we're two diff- very different people. And back in, in those days, <clears throat> he had some issues. And so when he would come home, those issues would play out. And it was like, ah, you know, it's just, I I I, ha- I didn't know, like then that's when my confusion started coming in. But I guess like in the beginning, when it, when it first, like his idea of work, his work ethic, to me was extremely masculine like he did everything that he could to ensure that we had food on our plate and to me that was like a huge thing and then kind of breaking off from there was comic books uh wwf things of that nature things like he man and i know it may sound kind of dumb gi joe they were the epitome of men you know and they like especially like superheroes back then now it's we could talk about superheroes now because all of them want to be fucking gay and everything else making spider-man gay and but back then like you looked up to them because they were the epitome of not just manhood or womanhood um but they they like were the best of people it was before like <clears throat> the soap opera started happening inside the comic books like I guess that and people started doing like these all these moral issues and social issues and things of that nature to the extent where it became a joke. It is a joke now. <clears throat> and uh but that was that would be mine. What about yours? Uh probably
0: in in a lot of ways, pretty similar. I I think that my some of my earliest memories when we when we moved to Michigan. I spent a ton of time with my grandparents. Like my, you know, my, uh, my dad worked, right, and then my mom um, early on was was doing uh, work as well. I, it's a little bit of stuff outside the home, and and then she was in a car accident. I would, my brother and I were in the car accident with her. So my early, my early connection to seeing my, my dad, who I, who was probably the the heaviest impression early on. Right. But I spent a ton of time with my grandfather as well. And my grandfather was always one of those guys that he worked at great Lake steel. And then, uh, he retired and he worked at, um, dropping off prescriptions between pharmacies, like transporting prescriptions and whatever. So, he always worked. He, he even very late until he could not until working was just not an option. He worked right. Like so that that work right. ethic that you mentioned, like I saw that uh, my dad always worked at least two jobs um, growing up to provide because he, he kind of had to whether he whether he wanted to or not. Right. So um, so a strong work ethic, right? Providing was a huge impression upon me uh, as like a man provides, you know? A man, yeah, I, I think that that's probably like the the biggest thing that I learned and it would have been from my grandfather and father. However, um, I think it wasn't until later on that I really got the value. I think what I missed was a lot of presence. Um, and I think, a, I think a real man is also present with, right, right, right. with and for his family. And I've, and I, I've recently, I came through a pretty, pretty tough year last year, um, spiritually, uh, it, mentally, emotionally, you know and this is this is like one of those things where like people would probably like look at me on social media or whatever and be like never understand or know that right like it right like, yep it, but uh but i was really struggling to be present and so and i i look back and this is not in any way like some form of like daddy issue right like where it's like b- the blame game Because, you know, if guys had to go off to war and, you know, I don't know, fight demonic forces like the Nazis (laughs) and they weren't home, you don't look back and go, "Well, my daddy, she didn't love me enough because he was fighting (laughs) the Nazis. (laughs) So it's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that there were, I think because of that, I had a real strong impression about a work ethic, the providing part, but I missed out on a lot of the presence part. That picked back up again when I think I can see now as a grown man, oh, my dad was just in a better financial place. And so then, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he was teaching me how to work. Like my grandfather, I dude, I've been working since I was like seven, dude. Like my right. grandfather took me, he, he had me doing a racket because he was going to CVS pharmacies and delivering these medications, he would have to go in, you know, do paperwork, all this stuff. Right. So he was there for a little bit and they would have these small strips of grass. And if you're like in the Metro Detroit area, you'll know what I'm talking about. Like they don't have a lot of yard at at a CVS or something like that. They usually have like some type of like near the road strips of grass. He, he loaded up his and the gas powered, all steel lawnmowers were not light back then in the early eighties, and he he would load that up and bring me with him while he was working, and he would have he would have me make like five bucks a lawn while he was inside CVS. He's like, "You mow the lawn," and he would give me five bucks afterwards. I don't know to this day because I never asked him if he was charging ten and only giving like he was making money off of me. I don't know. It's possible. <laughs> um, that's what I would do to my grandkids, or but, were they um, just
1: going? The hell is that kid doing cutting our lawn?
0: Yeah, and he was just giving me five dollars. <laughs> like, why? Well, we're not going to stop him, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know. It could have been that too. So, and then my dad uh, helped me and my brother start a paper route. Like, he really started to get present with us through helping us learn to work. And my dad pastored a church um, when I was growing up. That was one of his jobs, and he worked in insurance sales as well, like as his full time normal gig, and. On Sunday mornings, we had to get up at like four, four thirty in the morning, to deliver the Sunday paper. And we had a huge route; it was like two hundred some people, which for us was a lot of people. But we had to get up, stuff all the advertisements in all all the papers, prepare them, load them all in the in the car. Me and my brother, my dad would drive us. Yep. And my dad had worked, so he, you know, he had maybe gone to bed at eleven or twelve the night before, got up with us at four or four thirty. And I mean, we were young kids; we were I was ninth grade, and my brother would have been seventh grade. So he was teaching us the value of getting up at four in the morning on a Sunday. <laughs> yep. And he had to then kind of go to work, right? He had to go to the church and teach and preach and do all the things like, and then he had all Sunday afternoon where he did stuff Sunday night services. So I, I learned that, but I began to be present in the work. And so I did learn the value of presence later on. And then we did martial arts together uh, me, my brother, and my dad, and we spent a ton of time together with him doing that. So um, those two things, I talked a lot, I'm sorry. Um, those two things were probably like the biggest things
1: to provide and to be present, you know? Yeah. Well, that was my struggle is like, I, like you, my father was uh, essentially workaholic and I don't know if it was because uh, he didn't make enough, uh, and had to work extra hours or just love the competition because he was a salesman. He, he sold cars. And he's a really good salesman. And uh, so I don't, I don't know where that came from. But my, so that's kind of like what I pushed into police work. And I didn't need vacations. I didn't need anything. I just needed to do police work. And having my family and when my daughter, like that one time, because I worked uh, afternoons And she said, dad, are you going to work or to court today? Because I was never home. I was either at work or at court. And I was like, holy shit, like there's something not right here. Now I still have suffered from, like, I I feel like, again, it's kind of to my detriment is that I've always still, I still struggle. Like what is, I'm doing better now because I'm retired and I would do like a 40 hour work week. But like, I don't think anybody has it completely nailed down. Something always has to suffer. It's either work or family. Mm-hmm. And to think that we have it as a man or, or even as a woman, I'm just not a woman. Uh, so I can't really speak for women. Like you that, can but, be Dave, if you um, want to be, it's I, like, but you I can, can just be, decide, yes. <laughs> but how, but like <laughs> one I, decision I, away. I don't know. I don't know the balance myself. And I, that was kind That's of a my, point. like going back to my speech. Like, if anybody can figure it out, let me know because I'm 50 years old. I still I still have no idea where that balance is, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And I I've but but I can tell you this is that it comes uh, my family life. It actually takes work for me to make time for my family, and I know that sounds dumb, but I have I have made taking care of my family by working a priority over being with them as a father mm-hmm. in many ways. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's something that I'm now working on to kind of be more present. My wife has always been so understanding, uh, you know, I mean, she's had her boyfriends, you know, so that's all that matters. You know, she, she can just, you keep know, well, you know, you were one of them, you know, back in 96, uh, but <laughs> for a season, for a season. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's tough. So masculinity,
0: we were like, uh, we were at your house, like the, uh, the old Looney tunes where the, the coyote and the dog, like, morning, Ralph. <laughs> they do the shift change. <laughs> That's, That's how we right. were at your house with Joyce.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the poor lady. <laughs> um, but as far as masculinity goes, I look back, I kind of laugh now, because now the things that you, like you did martial arts with your father, again, these are the, notice how I don't talk about my mom when it comes to masculinity. There's a reason for that. My mom was not masculine. my mom (laughs) uh, my mom although my mom and dad were divorced uh i lived with my father for a long time i actually came back and lived with my mom for a bit too and uh i can tell you i i learned how she was as a human being and as a mother and i have always looked at her as a great mother somebody a mother to emulate but never a father. never, mm-hmm. there's not been one masculine part of, of my life that I've said, I got that from my mom. it's just not the case. So we kept, we're continuously talking about men role models, right? I mean, that's like I said, even wrestling back in the day, uh, comic books, you know, superheroes, uh, that's just how it was. And now it's funny because I like you do with your dad, you said you went to, you did uh, like martial arts back in the day. like I didn't do anything with my dad. My dad was mm-hmm. he was busy. He did he did his his thing. But now, uh, I'm more apt to work on, like, I'll either have the, the Viper over there. We're working on that or one of his old, cause he's got a lot of classic cars as well. Hey Dave, you know, cause back is not good. Can you help me get the carburetor in? Yeah, no problem, dad. And there is nothing, there's nothing that exists from the fifties and sixties that doesn't weigh 300 pounds from an engine. Not like those lawnmowers, man. Yeah. It's <laughs> ridiculous. So, but yeah, like that's where my, my masculinity, I mean, gosh, man, it's like, is that where I froze? Like, is that where my masculinity froze? Because, like, I, because I, I, it's, I don't think it's the activity, right? I don't think it's just because I do jujitsu that makes me manly. That's that's ridiculous. Because there's no, plenty not. of women that do jujitsu and are freaking awesome. Um, I mean, I can beat them all. I'm just saying that there's, there's still, yeah, but you know, it's interesting because women. you can
0: still. That's an activity that I feel like you can still retain your femininity, and still be doing the same activity. That's like. Yeah. I think there's some activities Correct. where, yeah. where femininity is lost, you know, but for, for various reasons. And we'll, we'll get into that too. Cause I want, I want to bring up masculinity in, in policing too.
1: <laughs> Ooh, that is a good one. And I know that we were going to kind of wait to talk about this with the doctor. Although you said it was basically like the doctor would be coming on to basically talk about health and all that stuff. I, look, I'm a temple. I'm a, I am the, the, I am what they call perfection. I don't need the doctor on. Maybe other people do, Mike. So maybe we need to discuss <laughs> that because I, maybe I don't even need to be around somebody like that. That's almost negativity because I've already mastered yes. health. Like I'm already there. So anything he says is probably just going to bring me down a little bit. But I will listen. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, so I was reading in the USA today? They were talking about, I, I wanted to look up testosterone rates. And uh, this was from May of last year, Um, the claim. So for USA Today, it did a fact check for some reason. I thought USA Today actually just did news, but they did a fact check. Somebody said that uh, fact check testosterone levels have dropped in recent decades, uh, but not by 50%. And so they start talking about this, the claim testosterone levels have dropped almost 50% in the past two decades, Uh, that basically that's not, it's not true, but they say that it has dropped. So uh, he says, here's a cheery Friday fact, because uh, this is like where they're doing. They're kind of like going over the person's claim this that almost 50% over the past 20 years, here's a cheery Friday fact reads the post, an average 22 year old uh, male today has roughly the same testosterone levels a 67 year old uh, had uh, in the year 2000. Yeah, I've seen blips. Average testosterone has clo- fallen close to 50% in the last two decades now this person says the post was screenshot and shared blah 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 and then the USA Today says while testosterone while testosterone levels have fallen in recent years the rate is more modest than 50% experts say <clears throat> the original poster cannot be reached for comment blah, blah 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 what was I found was interesting the first part of the tweet quotes a 2021 article blah 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 I'm not I don't even have to go into that uh, I wanted to talk about what they say. So in 2007 study, testosterone decreased about 22% when comparing 85 to 87 level, 1985 to 1987 levels, to those from two thousand. How, how much of a percent? 22%. 22. From 1987? 85 to 87. <clears throat> right. uh, but but, like the 85 to 87 levels this is a 2007 study though. So since that okay. time, up to 2007, <clears throat> testosterone levels in male uh, men have decreased about 22%. Um, <clears throat> in 2021 study research has found a, a roughly 25% decrease between 1999 and 2016. So if you want to go further back, what he's saying is, Oh, if you, maybe, maybe if you add those together, <clears throat> then you're going to get that. Um, that percentage of 50%, but that's not how the numbers go. And, and my, I guess my whole reason of saying this is that there's no dispute that male testosterone levels have, have, they haven't just dipped Mike. They have, they have like, it, it's abysmal. The percentage plummeted. points they have, they have plummeted. Absolutely. Um, so to the level of what would be, what would they say a 67 or whatever year old man. And then this article is somehow Trying to say, but it's not fifty percent. Even if it was twenty five percent, Mike, are are you not even the least bit alarmed? Saying <laughs> what is what is happening to our yeah. men? What yeah. is happening to our men? Where we've had we've experienced a twenty five percent dip in the one thing that our body is supposed to make naturally, mm-hmm. right? Why is this happening? And I'll tell you what it's 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 related to masculinity as well. <clears throat> one thing they cite is. Possibility because obesity levels are up. Now, I didn't get a chance to look at obesity statistics between, we'll say, 85 or 1999 and 2016, 2017. But if that's the excuse, I mean, we know there's got to be a reason for it, right? I mean, <clears throat> it's a natural substance that our body naturally produces. It's so prevalent that even in, in deer, even in deer, it causes the men Bucks to go absolutely insane, completely disre The levels of testosterone levels in deer in bucks is so prolific that it causes them to come out and risk their lives in times that they never would have done so for a doe for a little doe JJ. Right. It, <laughs> so it's, it's such a, to me, to understand that, like, Deer don't just come up to human beings. They don't they don't just come up. These bucks, they don't you don't just see bucks all the time in, in a hunting situation. Deer, I think deer actually naturally know, especially during like rifle season, things of that nature, you're not gonna see as many. They're gonna start scattering about um, because the you know the sounds and stuff like that, it's gonna make them move naturally. But because they are their testosterone levels are so high. These, these bucks are so masculine that they, don't, they no longer follow any of their codes, rules, laws, survival instincts, or anything. They will sniff estrogen, estrus t- trails and never pick their nose up through an mm-hmm. entire f- open field. Why is it that they continue to have testosterone? These levels that never change. But the human male somehow has a 25%, I'm saying closer to 50%, if we're talking about the 80s until now, dip in testosterone. And somebody did say that there's additives and stuff like that. We've, I, I'm not, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking for the answer too. They're saying obesity levels. I, I mean, where are we at? We're no longer chopping wood. We're no longer mm-hmm. working on cars. You know, they've done, they've done research that shows doing what we consider manly things does raise your testosterone level. We just don't do those anymore.
0: Right. Yeah. We don't um, human movement doing doing human movements that we were designed to do, especially in larger muscle groups like legs that that will increase testosterone, excess body fat decreases testosterone production. Um, Our diet. Yes, um, definitely has led to more estrogen production and the reduction of testosterone but i think the prime i think the primary culprit is um a se- a more sedentary lifestyle i don't think men are moving like they used to right where the 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 job is physical even getting to the job may have been physical <laughs> um and then doing the right. job is physical and then still doing physical activities with your sons and daughters and with, you know, with your family and you're constantly moving. Right. And then I think on top of that is also some aspect of the interplay between masculine and feminine in our culture as well, because, um, the, the chase isn't there there's not a, there's not as much drive in our culture to maximize our mates. And I think that that's, um, also probably contributing to, to the lower one. Now that's, that's a completely unscientific answer. That's just pure Mike talk. (laughs) Like that's just my guess, but my under what my understanding of, at least on the natural side of what will boost your testosterone production Unless guys are, if you got a desk job and you don't, and you're not moving, you know, 10, 15,000 steps in a day and that, not even that, but if you're not picking up heavy things and moving them as like a regularity, Mm. you're, you're going to not produce as much testosterone. That's just, that's just, um, how it is, I guess, you know, it's like, uh, we're not we're not doing that. That's very uncommon. Very few people, very few men are actually lifting heavy things and, and developing strength and pushing their body to produce more testosterone. It's but a why, rare thing.
1: It, it it is, but I, do you think that other countries have this same problem? I mean, we're I all know. about doing the same thing of nothing, the same amount of nothing, Right. I'm just I'm curious about that because, and, and this is a question for for women. Are you okay with it? Meaning, uh, it, as it, I've I've been off the market for a while, right? Like I don't, I, you know, I'm not dating, I'm not doing anything. For those who are still kind of in that market, trying to find a mate, trying to find their forever person, women in particular, trying to find men. Have you found an issue with that, or is this something that you're just have? grown up with because the testosterone levels, again, like it does take time for them to go down, but they say it's been dropping like a percentage a year. So if Mm -hmm. you, if, if you're, we'll say 30 years old, you've probably been dating for the last 15 years. You know, have you, have women seen a difference in men? I would, I would think that they would, because I mean, testosterone is a, it's a, a man thing, right? It's, and it helps, Men do a whole bunch of things. It's not the Neanderthal, uh, you know, natural drug that causes us to drag our knuckles. And it, it's not like that. Testosterone helps us focus. It helps us actually do so many things. It, it keeps our, our levels of like, I say depression, but like it, it gives us more energy. It, it, like these, this is what it's for. It's what it does. Um, And are women seeing there's a difference in that? I mean, because in the end, they're the ones who matter the most. I mean, really, it, in in when it comes to masculinity, um, whether I decide I want to do masculine things or not, whatever that really means. Again, I, maybe that's kind of where we have to even define that. But are women finding that? Are women saying uh, it's we're used to it? This is what it's like. Uh, I assume. This guy doesn't have much testosterone. <laughs> like, I don't know what the argument would be. Would you know? Would anyone know at yeah. this point? Because I think that over twenty three years,
0: s- definitely, there's going to be uh, an awareness of who has more testosterone versus not. I think that that's like by. Bi- I think it's a biological thing for us, but I think that the casualness of relationships now has contributed to that. And if there's if a guy doesn't have to be in pursuit then it weak I think it weakens him so that's I looked up testosterone levels by country levels by country 2023 now I don't know how many there are but this looks to be like a hundred countries listed Mm -hmm. the last one (laughs) that
1: Vatican City so that kind uh, of proves uh, my theory uh, because guess who lives there (laughs) dudes that ain't having sex with women (laughs) That's you know, not far off. Catherine says it well. It says, yes, it makes it very hard to find a mate with the same qualities our masculine fathers had. That is interesting. I forget that there's a generational issues mm. with that, right? Like, yeah, my, my wife has seen my father. <clears throat> she knew my grandfather as well. My father, me, and now my, my kids. Right. So yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. That's a good thing to think about. Very interesting.
0: Now, yeah. So all fascinating stuff. And guys, this is kind of setting us up for some of our guests. We're going to be talking about what, cause with Tom de he'll, he'll talk about his upbringing and his relationship with his father. And then, um, doc, Mike, he, he'll, he'll kind of fill in. He'll talk a lot of, he'll, he'll, he'll know more about the testosterone thing. I'm excited to hear from him about hormones. Cause that's like his, his like sweet spot. He knows all about that stuff. Um, and that, I think that'll be helpful. But one thing that's interesting about, two washed up cops is that we come from a career field that is, I mean, statistically, I think it's 88% male. I don't know if that's inherently uh, alpha, right? Yeah. And inherently guys or girls male. Yeah. And for a long time, even the women that were there were, (laughs) let's just say masculine women. (laughs) It was, you didn't have a lot of dainty ponytails going on uh, for a lot of the years where women became more, common on patrol i'm one of the i'm probably in the minority but i'm i'm willing to say it i don't think uh and you had a female partner for a while so i know that we probably disagree on this i first of all i'm a i'm a believer in the patriarchy okay (laughs) so i i think i think patriarchy is a good thing um We'll save that for another conversation. So I'm going to trigger a bunch of people. I'm of the persuasion that if women are going to be on patrol, that their their responsibility should be limited because most of them are incapable of fighting another man hand-to-hand in subject control. I think, I think it's a bad, I think it's sending women to do our, our fighting for us. Um, I think the same thing about soldiers. I don't think women should be frontline combat. Um, so, and again, people hear that and they think that I, uh, I don't believe in equality. Nothing could be further from the truth. Actually. Um, I actually believe uh, women are to be provided for, uh, protected, um, present with, like, I think women are to be. Respected to the uttermost degree. I'm, this is not dogging women at all. Um, but I think that there's, I think there's distinct roles and capabilities for men that are different than women. I, I can't be, I, I'm not motherly. I can't be. I, I I'm not, I, I'm not able to bring a child into this world. I'm not able to care for that child in the same way. I'm not able to um, do all sorts of things that women are much more skilled at than than I am. But coming from that profession where women are a small percentage, Mm -hmm. that's, that's my take on that. And I know that you, um, you, you loved your female partner Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I love her too. Like I, I I think she's a great person. Yeah. Again, this isn't isn't like, um, again, I'm not dogging women. And so this is, and this is part of the problem with discussions like this is it's like, I like, I think I like apples. Oh, you, so you hate oranges. Yeah. Right. No, 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 no. Don't make this what I'm not saying.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it is hard because there's always going to be a perception or when you say something like if that's all somebody hears, you know what I mean? There's, but in the end, like what, what I, I think that you are saying is it's not about the physicality portion of it. We're saying that you're saying that men and women are wired uh, to do different things. Yes, I I agree with you. I I cannot be a mother. I can't, I can't do it. I can't. My wife, would, I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to do if I went to sleep in the morning and I woke up and she was suddenly gone, like the rapture came. And of course, they, I would be left behind. Oh, of course, we know, yes, uh, we me yeah, right. and would
0: be. We, we're both screwed. We will we'll be moving in together,
1: <laughs> right? Clearly, um,
0: we we'll ass cats care of you and rocking you on out. the uh,
1: front porch. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> um. But I would not know I wouldn't know what to do next like I can I can prepare food for my son. I can get him out the door. Those are things that any human being can do. but I can't be a mother to I can't be a mother to him uh, and and in the same way she, she could never be a father. If I yeah. were to pass on through the pearly gates because of maybe a bad health, heart or something like that um, <laughs> she, she would not be able. To, it would never be the same, right? Right. And that's it that's not to wouldn't.
0: say like if a if you had a single parent situation, guy or or girl. That's not to say that you were bad at that or that was wrong. I, it's like nope. And if anything, wow, wow. Like if you raise a successful human as a single parent, that's commendable, big time. Oh, yeah, but. Is it ideal? No, no, it's not ideal. No, you know what's ideal in society is a mom, a dad in a committed relationship, having kids and raising them together. Like that's ideal, right? And does the world work out that way? No, no, it doesn't. But we're talking ideals here. And yeah, I I think women, are there women who could lift more weights or perform better in a particular physical activity than me? Yeah, yeah, there are. But we're not talking about, the outliers. We're talking about the norm. We're talking about yeah. the, the 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 normal flow and order of masculinity and femininity as, as a feature of our differentness, you know, doesn't change our value as people. But I, I think most women compared to most men are going to have a very hard time. And I think, I thank God for equalizers like jujitsu, you know, that can help. And Um, And there's of course all sorts of different tactical ways to approach things that give them advantages and yeah, but, but I don't, I I don't like the idea of, of pairing the two in, in terms of like um, a combative situation. And I also struggle with the idea of uh, putting the protection of other dudes on women. I, 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 that's, that's a, I, again, we could we could go into that probably in right, a future right, right. podcast episode, but because it's too deep of a well to try to dig from tonight. But, um, but yeah, I that well, let me
1: that's let what me I think like, about back, policing back and women. Up. <laughs> this is before like the whole uh, policing and women thing. But like, let me back up a little bit because I I <laughs> I could be wrong, but these single uh, parent households with children, they're raising these children up. I'm I can. I can pretty much assure us, anyone listening here, that (laughs) it's not by choice. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think that any, if if a male is raising kids by himself, I don't think he's ever going to go, man, I am so glad I'm doing this by myself. I am so happy. I don't need a woman in my life. My child doesn't need a woman. And I don't think the other way is true either. I think that I'm not saying that people can't do it. They do it. Like you said, it's very commendable. It's it's, I can't even imagine trying to raise a, a child by myself. I just, I just, I can't even like, it blows my mind just even thinking that a human being can do it. So obviously I have a lot of respect for that, but in general, I wouldn't say that any male or female who is a single parent is going, God, I'm just so glad I'm doing this alone. Yeah. <laughs> I do that, need that's any help minority
0: here. opinion. You know, people like, yeah, I wish yeah. I had someone reliable, that I respected to do this with me, <laughs> you know, like for <laughs> sure. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, but I think also in the police world, when it comes to that 87% masculine, I think there's, I think there's a lot of that male caricature of true men are, you know, like, and we need, we need hard, hard. Oh boy. This is gonna. That's what she said. Yeah. We need hard men. Right. Uh, <laughs> we do need hard chargers and we do need that, but it's like, we need temp- we need tempered men as well. We need men that um that are well disciplined, self-disciplined. And I think that a lot of that lacks in male police male police officers. I think self-discipline and what it takes to be at your best as a man in that profession. I think it's I think it's dramatically missing. I think that guys are too too egotistical. I think I think they think being a man means having a strong ego. I think, what do you,
1: do you agree or disagree with that? I, I can't disagree. I think that that happens a lot of, uh, first of all, let's say glitter farces, false men often want to raise a kid by themselves versus let a crazy woman on drugs have anything to, to do with them. <laughs> it's oddly specific. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I. so I don't know where to go with that. Um, but back to your thing, um, I think there's always that potential, right? I think that when again testosterone levels drop, what where do we get our idea of what of what masculinity is or what men are about, right? And so if the government's not pushing it, uh, or we certainly know Hollywood is trying to push masculinity or what is supposed to be masculine on us, um, and they are not doing a very good job of it. So I think that it, I think that yes, in a profession like that, it can ooze in pretty easily. I think. The wrong idea of what's what is masculine and what's not uh, certainly can fall on that side of the sword on that. I for sure believe that not all yeah. the time, but I, I for sure that I believe that it can. But although but my my experience with women police officers has been very good, Uh mostly. And so, uh like I said, my first uh, when I went to Pontiac, I left Detroit. I was there for almost five years. I go to Pontiac and they put me with this brand new. What is she? She was 20. Choice, I think, but she couldn't even drink like yet. like, And <laughs> so I'm trying, and of course I'm, I am just annoyed as shit because she has no idea what's going on. They put me with her. I asked not to work with her. They didn't care. And so I'm like, I thought it was going to go out of my mind. I started working with her and she was as crazy as I thought she was too, but she wanted to learn. And uh, we ended up getting in all kinds of good trouble. You know what I mean? And uh, in, in the end, she was I, I feel like she is an excellent cop, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, her ability to kind of sift through the bullshit uh, makes her a really good cop. I had uh, Katie before that uh, in Detroit. I mean, you when you see a female officer striking a, a suspect on the head with her walkie talkie with her radio and. Um, there is just a there's a complete joy that comes over one's heart, you know, and cause she was a badass, you know. Um, and so like she didn't care what we got into. I we got we had a uh, chase one time and it was a wild fucking chase. It was one of my wilder chases to the point where like I I remember going through this alley and knocked off the 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 mirrors on both sides of the scout car because it, it like through this alley, of course, any alley in Detroit is going to be dangerous, but it had one of those uh, giant uh dumpsters, and I was like, oh, shit. And she's like, oh, shit, Todd, and I was like, dude, and we we hammered those things, mirrors, gone, and it was a really crazy, but she just was like, get it, get it, get it, like, it just didn't bother her, you know what I mean, and so, uh, so for me, I've always had very good experiences with women police officers in, in so many aspects of that. I have, of course, run into really shitty ones, too, but I have run into more male shitty ones. Uh, I think that the difference is that percentage-wise, statistically, it would probably seem like I dealt with more shitty women, only because the sheer amount of men uh, in police work and not women. Right. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah, it's an interesting, uh, interesting dynamic. But yeah, it's it's definitely for my first department. I worked with several women, and then this when I when I went to my next department. I worked with none for my entire, like five and a half years. No, not a single. Now we had female officers in very like close proximity to us that, you know, we worked with them all the time. Right. And they, so we, we saw each other all the time and we would, they would be on calls and different things like that. So it wasn't like, I never saw a female cop, but in my department proper on my shift, me as a training officer, like I, I didn't have that. Um, at that department and that's changed now since I've been gone, but, um, yeah, it's it just, there's, there's a lot of like how I see the, the natural order. And again, that's, uh, I put it out there every time I talk about these opinions, Hey, I'm telling you where my, my perspective comes from. You can, you can hate it all you want. Yeah. But well, just gonna hating people are gonna doesn't misguided. mean it's wrong. <laughs>
1: they're going to feel it's misguided. though. They, I, I think people are not going to ever really under I think it's very hard for, I understand what you're saying, but you and I have had these in-depth conversations time and time again. I think the problem is, is when you say something like that, it automatically causes a knee jet jerk reaction where it shouldn't, because it's not like you're, you're not trying to offend anyone. You're saying, hey, look, this is my belief. And this is why I believe that. And I think that most people people would agree. I I think it's very disappointing to me because we're we're trying to talk about masculinity, but being a woman has been like traditional female roles has been ostracized. I feel like traditional female roles has been shit on by politics, uh, TV commercials, Hollywood so badly that if a woman were to say, look, I'd like to stay home and raise a family people will think there's something wrong with her mm-hmm. and yet you got guys like myself and you that are going look dude i what you're saying is like a godsend because i'm looking for a mate that like that does that very thing that wants to take care of my family and myself we we're lucky we we've, we've, we're fortunate that's what we found but like i think that's that's certainly got to be lacking in today's society I really do. It's just, it has to be. My wife wants to be home. She wants to prepare meals for me. It's again, I I, I would hope that nobody would ever uh, say something like that, but you know, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. If my, wa- my wife wants to stay home and, and quote, take care of me, meaning she does my laundry, she cooks for me. But on the other hand, I do all kinds of other things. So like we just share, in our duties and our responsibilities, but we know the separation there. And we have Hollywood and politics saying, "No, that's wrong. You need women need to be stronger as if it's a weakness to be doing uh, traditional female roles, which we know is certainly not the case. I know, I know I'm not strong enough to do it. So, right. And
0: that, and that's the backwards message of the, of the tolerance that we're supposed to have is like, we're supposed to tolerate all versions of women, unless it's a version that, isn't you know <laughs> yeah. the 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 prototypical housewife right like yeah. that we're, we're tolerant of any other alternative lifestyle you want we'll champion Anyone. that we'll champion that but unless you want to do a traditional role or what we consider traditional then you know boy you must be oppressed you must be in a toxic relationship you know whatever yeah uh, it's just weird like that
1: You're like, somehow the man has made you his slave, right? And it's it's really, it's quite disappointing because I feel like, I could be wrong, but I feel like, and and again, this is not every woman because some women like to be out and work and and that's fine. And there are some women that want to stay home, but why are we demonizing women who want to stay home? Why why would we demonize the one thing that makes our, our society stronger well, I mean, I, I suppose I just say the answer to that, you know, yeah, because people don't want a strong society. They don't want strong kids. Again, this and again, think I'm a conspiracy theorist, but this government, the government works extremely hard on making sure that we are all very weak and, and you know, oh, there he is. What's up, Elijah? So handsome. He's ugly, isn't he? God, he's, so he's very ugly. ugly. Yeah. No God, things. takes right after you. Are you yep. in a serious topic right now? Yeah, we were kind of talking serious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I totally care
0: about that. <laughs> all right, well, I gotta go help put grandkids to bed. They're with us for a week, so that's a uh, that's a that's a different Sounds change horrible. for us. We're empty nesters just in time to have Elijah around here all the time and grandkids <laughs> for a week, <laughs> while my do- my daughter and son-in-law are on a cruise. What the heck, dude? What's, what's yeah, that's what, ridiculous. What's going on? I got the, how do I get this end of the stick?
1: They should be buying you a cruise. That's what I'm because saying. Because of what they put you through. Yeah. That's what I'm
0: That's Ugh. exactly what I'm saying. Like you spend all this these years raising them, spending money to put braces on their teeth and all this of stuff. And what, you're gonna get a cruise? I don't get a cruise. Can't that's you get right. me a cruise?
1: Ugh. It's disgusting. What the heck, dude? <laughs> all right. I'm pretty sure we solved the, the masculinity debate, so that's good. Yeah, Fine, yeah. Right We've we got our answers. We uh we we really nailed
0: it that topic. <laughs> Look how shiny there's he nothing is. left to oh. say about it. Why is he talking? It's like a road reflector. He's just being of a gun. Anyway. All right. Anyway. All right, guys. We'll keep dropping them suggestions in the comments. Not cop-related names, you morons. We all love you, but stop being stupid. Make it related to the underpaid producer (laughs) and something about my Harley.
1: Oh, God. God. I cannot. found a way to get it in, and I wasn't even. He sure to be did. Here. He didn't. He wasn't even on the podcast. He wasn't this even time on the around. podcast,
0: on the on the podcast graphic, whatever it is, he, we he's got to be riding a Harley. Oh yeah. <laughs> so <that> would <laughs>
1: awesome, it would
0: be awesome, actually, kind of as a graphic, but in real life, it just makes you gay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll I'll talk to you guys next week. Same bat time and channel here, seven p.m. Eastern. Uh, or listen on whatever podcast you listen to. Yep. The device. Bye. Bye.